Today we're going to uncover the next step in the process of the power of preparation, counting the cost. Now, as I mentioned, we've been in a passage about these 10 bridesmaids, five foolish and five wise. And um, we're going to be back in that. And we're going we're gonna to pull out of it another truth today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap. I'm going to read through this very quickly. I'm going to recap a couple things. And then we're going to jump in to three simple truths here today. Matthew 25 Verse one says, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. The bridesmaids represent you and I figuratively. The bridegroom represents Jesus. So this is a story that Jesus is telling. He's using metaphor. He's using colorful language. He's using this narrative to explain to you and I what it looks like to pursue him in a relationship, what it looks like to go after his kingdom and forsake our little kingdoms. Are you with me this morning? Okay. Um, it says in verse two, five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. They didn't prepare, okay, quite simply. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. So foolishness doesn't prepare, wisdom prepares, okay? Turn to somebody and say, don't be a fool. <laughs> okay, say it pays to be wise. Mm-hmm. It pays handsomely to be wise, it does. Wisdom pays. It says, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others. Of course, (laughs) when you're not prepared, you ask everyone else. Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. What's happening here? I I, I want us to focus on this for a second today. The five bridesmaids are saying, the five wise bridesmaids are basically saying, hey, listen, we have accounted for all the oil and we've devoted it all to meeting the bridegroom. Let me say that again. We've accounted for all of the oil that we have and what it's going to take. And we've devoted it all for one thing. We've devoted all of our oil for one purpose, and that's to meet the bridegroom. This is important for us to understand. Because what they were saying to the five foolish ones was sharing any of this oil is non-negotiable because it may jeopardize our objective. And we've accounted for how much oil we have. And we've devoted it all to one thing. That God today wants to share with us that the oil is representative of our heart. Have we taken into account That God is saying to us, I want all of your hearts devoted to meeting me. I I want you to be aware today, family, of the things that are potentially, potentially asking you to share your heart in a way that's jeopardizing the moment that you're going to meet Jesus. That today we would take account for it and we would say, I'm sorry, but this is non-negotiable. I can't share any of my oil because it's devoted to one thing. I'm sorry, I can't share my heart with you like that because it's devoted to one thing. I'm sorry, I can't share my heart in bed with you without commitment 
because it's devoted to one thing. I'm sorry, I can't share my heart with you by, by doing heroin, by partic- par- participating in, uh, in pornography, uh, by stealing. I can't participate with you. Devil, I can't participate with you today and devote any part of my heart that's going to jeopardize me meeting Jesus today. Can someone today let me know if you're ready for me to preach? And verse 10 says, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they sit outside and they called, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. See, the five foolish bridesmaids had not done the work of preparing and accounting for this one thing. Now, it was going to cost them more than I estimate they intended to pay. Sin will always keep you longer than you wanted to stay and will cost you more than you wanted to pay. I think I should repeat that. Sin will always keep you longer than you wanted to stay. It will always cost you more than you wanted to pay. And Jesus says to them, believe me, I don't know you. And he turns, and this is what he's saying to us today. So you too must keep watch. You do not know the day or the hour of my return. So last week we qualified what our big objective was. Today we're going to quantify it by counting the cost. We're going to talk about the simple truths of preparation by counting the cost. By counting the cost, by taking inventory, taking responsibility, and taking accountability. Number one, prep work of counting the cost takes inventory. Let me define counting the cost. If you're a note taker, today you're going to want to take notes. If you're not a note taker, today you're going to want to take notes. Counting the cost. What is the resource draw relationally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially to accomplish my big objective. When you embark on an objective, you have to ask yourself this question. The first one is you gotta take inventory. You gotta count the cost. What is it going to draw from the resources of my life? Okay? And it's gonna draw from every area. There's a cost to completing everything. There's a cost. It's gonna cost you time, Money, space, maybe there's equipment you need. Maybe there's a new skill set you need. Maybe it's people. You need a team. Maybe you need a coach or a teacher. Maybe you need education. Maybe you you need time to develop that new skill set. But it's going to cost you something. Everything has a cost. I love Luke 14, 25. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. These are people that knew about Jesus. Perhaps this morning you know about Jesus. You're, You're part of the large crowd. 
You're hearing this. You're part of the large crowd. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Wow, what a powerful statement. Now, I want to contextualize this very quickly. Because this word hate in English means something totally different than what Jesus is talking about here. What he's saying is if you're not willing to walk away from what the cultural norms are. Because at the time, the cultural norm was everything rose and fell on, on generations, on family and generational. Like So if your family was something, you were that thing. And everything was family-centric. It was about building your own personal kingdom. And Jesus is all about building his father's kingdom. And he's saying, listen, if you're not willing, if you don't have the ability to give up all the things that the world wants to preach and praise, you're not going to be a disciple of mine. It's going to be very difficult for you because you're going to be trying to live in two worlds. Okay? He says, and whoever does not carry... Their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He goes, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Because if you lay the foundation, you're not able to finish it because it's all about the finished work. Come on. If you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to what? finish our goal is your growth why because I want you to finish well I don't want you to get drug across the finish line I want you to like see the finish line and be able to sprint through it you know to be able to get to the end of the race of your life and go you know what if God kept me here another 10 I could do it I have it in me. Why? Because I have prepared. He's telling the large crowd traveling with him that the finished work of following him is going to cost the full surrender of their entire lives. I want you to know that when you set out on an objective, it's going to draw from every aspect of your life. Whether you plan for it or not. Some of us have made agreements with objectives that even inadvertently are withdrawing resource from those different accounts of our life and putting us into a negative space. Shall I repeat? Some of us, even inadvertently, have made agreements with objectives that are drawing down the resource in these different accounts in our life, relationally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, that are pulling us into a negative account balance. You gotta take inventory. You gotta know what it's gonna cost. The cost of following Jesus is the fullest surrender of it all to him. Jesus never says, hey, that dollar bill you have in your pocket, just give me 50 cents of it. I'm going to dismantle something right now. Jesus never says, give me a percentage of it. Do you know what Jesus says? I want all of it. Oh, 
And you know how he proved that? He didn't lop off his hand and nail it to the cross. He pinned his whole self there, didn't he? Why? Because he was saying to us, because sometimes things are better caught than taught. Let me say that again. Sometimes things are better caught than taught. Jesus is showing us that I'm an all-in type of guy. See, I'm going to go all in. Why? Because I'm counting the cost of your life. Do you know the value of your life? (laughs) It was established that day on that tree. It it was an all-in call. It was priceless. Some of you are questioning the value of your life today. Where do you stand in your surrender? I'm going to ask some questions today. Where do you stand in your surrender? What are you holding on to that you need to give 100% to God? Prep work counts the cost by taking inventory of every area of your life. And it commands a response. Number two, prep work of counting the cost takes responsibility. Let me define this. Counting the cost by taking responsibility means owning your ability to respond. Response, ability. Your ability to respond. The five foolish ones ask the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. And the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for what? Yourselves. The five wise bridesmaids are telling the five foolish ones they needed to take personal responsibility. And the foolish ones attempted to shift the responsibility. How many times in my life How many times in your life have you attempted to not take personal responsibility and look around and try to draw from the hearts of other people? To try to draw from the accounts of other people? To try to live off of their equity spiritually, financially, relationally, physically, emotionally. And how many times have you, how many times have I in my life acted like the five foolish and attempted to shift the responsibility to someone else? And I want to tell you today that you and I are 100% responsible for ourselves. Galatians 6.4, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. Some of us aren't feeling satisfied because we're too caught up looking at everyone else's work. We want to look at everyone else's bank account and relational account, spiritual account. And we, and we walk around depressed and anxious like, God, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not satisfied. It's like because... Be careful to pay attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for what? Our own conduct. 
five foolish bridesmaids had not conducted themselves in a way that they were counting the cost. They hadn't taken personal responsibility. So here's some questions that I'm going to present to you to count the cost of the outcome of your response. All of these questions, by the way, are on our app. You can, you can download our Movement Church app. And I put all these questions in there. Uh, what is it taking or not taking? What is taking or not taking personal responsibility going to cost me? What's it going to cost? What is there to lose? What is there to gain? If I fail to prepare, I have prepared to fail. I'm going to say that again. If I fail to prepare, I have prepared to fail. So what is the cost of failure? These are sobering questions, I know. How will this affect me relationally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially? Count the cost. Are these costs that I've just determined, are these costs, costs that I'm willing to pay? It's up to you. Are you willing to pay that? Are you willing to live by that decision? Are you willing to die by it if it's necessary? Once you've done the prep work of taking inventory and taking responsibility, you're now subject to taking accountability. Accountability. Prep work of counting the cost takes account. Let me define accountability for you. This is a very simple way to, to understand it. The ability to give account personally for your conduct. You know, at the end of the day, no one else is going to stand before Jesus and give account for my actions and my conduct. I can't call in witnesses. I can't call in. I can't call my kids in. I can't call my little baby granddaughter in. She's like next to Jesus. You know, there's like Jesus. And then I think there's my, my granddaughter. My, my wife and I are still settling into the whole grandmother, grandfather thing. The prep work of counting the cost by taking account for the consequences of your actions will help you understand the weight of your decisions. I don't think we understand the weight of our decisions sometimes because we haven't counted the cost. And then we act really surprised when we say, hey, eating excess calories, why am I carrying all this weight? We need, and, and, and we're accountable. We're going to have to give account. There, there, there's something that I think I, I, I say periodically to the people around me, mostly to my kids probably. You're free to choose your actions. 
but you're not free from the consequences of your actions. Foolishness treats personal responsibility and personal accountability like a disease. It's with an outright attempt to eradicate them. I feel like this is what we're being pressed with in society right now. We're, we're, we're removing the idea of personal responsibility and personal accountability in our lives. So much so that it's crept its way into houses of faith. That there are preachers preaching the idea that you really don't need to take account for your life. Preaching the idea that there, there, there is not an eternity, eternity possible where you're separated from Jesus. What it's presenting is, is that you're not really responsible. That God's too good to actually do this and hold you accountable and make you responsible. But what I'm telling you is God's too good to leave you in your mess. And you are responsible and I am responsible and you're accountable and I am accountable. This is, the, this, is, this is the oxymoron. This is the juxtaposed position of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. It's like an upside down thing. This world says, I'm going to take. The kingdom of God says, I'm here to give. That in order to gain my life, I need to lose it. And I'm going to be held account to that. It says, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was what? There is a final moment. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, open the door for us. What's happening? These five foolish bridesmaids are saying, I don't want to bear the weight of personal responsibility and I don't want to bear the weight of personal accountability. I don't want to be accountable for my actions. I want to live how I want to live. I don't want to count the costs. And, I, and, 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 and if you're good, God, if you're good, Jesus, you should open the gate for me. And he's saying, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually so good that I gave you the opportunity. But you're responsible. You've got to take inventory. You have to take responsibility and you have to take accountability. But you don't understand, God. Someone else is responsible for my happiness. Someone else is responsible for my health. Someone else is responsible for my financial health. Someone else is responsible for my spiritual health. Pastor, that's what you're doing. I show up on Sundays. I don't crack open my Bible all week. I come for a pick-me-up. 
It's like, it's like treat the church like a methadone clinic. Our goal is your growth. Only you can do the work. Only you can take inventory. Only you can take responsibility. Only you can take accountability. He called back and he says, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch. You don't know the day or the hour of my return. Ultimately, Jesus is saying, have you counted the cost of devoting your heart to me? Let's stand. Fourteen twenty-seven says, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Have you prepared yourself to know what it's going to cost? What it's going to take to be ready to meet Jesus? This idea, this I get this picture in my head, like we're all accountants, right? And some of us have like a separate set of accounting books called cooking the books. And some of us are trying to cook the books with Jesus. The problem is he's more powerful than like the IRS. He sees both sets. He knows that we're trying to use sleight of hand with him. He knows that we're saying we're devoted and you can have all of me, but we're gripping on to things in our life and we're holding on. That this morning, as we began to worship, I felt like what the Lord was doing, he was beckoning us, he was calling us to this moment today of just saying, I, I'm not gonna continue to hold on to things. If that was you this morning, would you do me a favor? Would you just come forward? God was calling you and speaking to you this morning that it's time for you to let go of 100%. It's, an, it's 100% let go. If that's you, just come forward. And we're gonna pray for you. This is totally normal, by the way, here at, at Movement Church. If this is you, he is calling you to say, it is time. I see you're saying I'm devoted, but you're holding on. Are you counting the cost? And here, here, here's the mind-blowing thing. I want you to know this. I, I want all of us to understand this, that it's going to cost you your life either way. It's gonna cost you your life either way. You give it all to Jesus now or you're gonna pay a price that you didn't intend to pay. The only difference is, is that you're gonna lay your life down. One of those is going to have a payout that is remarkable, that is eternal, that is glorious, that brings peace, that brings satisfaction. And one is not going to bring what you think it's gonna bring. close our eyes. Ministry team, 
just go ahead and Jeff let me ask you this morning have you devoted your heart to this one thing this morning there's only power in preparation if you've counted the cost by taking inventory responsibility and accountability Have you counted the cost of devoting your heart to Jesus here this morning? Do you know what it is that you have to lose? But do you ultimately know what it is that you're going to gain? Come on. Some of you right now are like halfway out of your seat, which is, which is a physical manifestation for where you're at spiritually. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Just come. Just come. Just come. Yeah, come on. Yeah, God, we just release... release your peace in this place here this morning. Even if you're even if you're in your seats. If you need prayer for something this morning, if you need prayer this morning, can you just raise your hand? It could, it could be for anything. Just raise your hand here this morning. Amen. 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 Could you if someone raised their hand around you or even if you're standing next to me, just put your hand on someone next to you. Raise your hand high. If you see someone with their hand up, Listen, we're a family. This is what families do. So, Father, we're just going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, we ask for your spirit right now to come in. We ask for your spirit right now to come and make way, to comfort, to bring peace, to be a helper right now as we take inventory and responsibility and accountability. That the lies of the enemy we speak against right now that the lies of the enemy that are trying to get us to share part of our oil, to share part of our heart, that today we would have the strength to say it's non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Some of us have been trying to negotiate with the devil, and today Jesus is saying it's non-negotiable. Stop the negotiation practice. It's a lose it's a, it's a, it's a lose lose situation. You're not going to win in this. It's non-negotiable today. You can't negotiate with a liar. You can't negotiate with a murderer. You can't negotiate with a villain. You can't negotiate with a criminal. You can't negotiate with someone whose sole purpose is to destroy you. So this morning, we just speak life and we say it's non-negotiable that we share our hearts, that we share our oil, that we share any part of who we are with you devil you have no place in our lives you have no place in our finances in our emotions in our spiritual lives in our relational lives we just call forth fullness here this morning i call fullness here this morning i call forward fullness in this place this morning that we were not made to live empty we were made to live a life of overflow we were made to live in in a in a paradigm of overflow and if we're not, there, like, I, I want there to be a shift in us today. 
I feel like God is saying, I, I, want, I want there to be a shift in our mindset that, that, uh, that we're not actually made to live even full, but we're made to live overflowing. We're not made to live half empty or half full. We're made to live in an overflowing paradigm, in, in, an, in a beyond fullness. So Father, we just release here this morning the knowledge of what it is that we're gaining. We're giving our lives to something. Either way, at the end of the day, we're giving our lives to something. You're giving it today and you're preparing to meet Jesus or you're giving it to the day where he says, I don't know you. My goal is that I wanna stand before Jesus. I wanna meet him. I want him to say to me, I know you. And I want to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. That, 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 that's my objective. If you don't have an objective, plagiarize my objective. Take it, steal it. It wasn't 100% original to me. I, I took it right out of scripture. I didn't write it, but it's been written on my heart. So God, we just we write these things on our hearts here today, the truths of what you said, the truths of what you're calling us to. Next week, we're gonna press into what this devotion means. We're gonna talk about being committed to a plan. We have a commitment issue in society. We have a commitment issue today in 2022. And we are going to talk about how to punish this breakdown of commitment. You are not gonna to wanna to miss it. So Lord, uh, and just, I'm gonna pray in general. For those of you who still need prayer, stay. For the rest of us, we're gonna release you here in a second. I just wanna pray for all of us in general. Just open your hands up if you feel comfortable doing so. Father, right now, I just say, uh, go with us. Thank you for joining us here today. You're always so, so happy to join us. You're always so excited to see us. That every day is Sunday to you, God. Every day, you're like, I want to join you. Every day, every day, God is telling you today, I want to join you every day in your every moment. I want every moment in your life to be glorious. So God, let us walk out of here knowing that we can live that life. Let us walk away this week and, and let us do the work of counting the cost. Let's take inventory. Let's take responsibility. Ultimately, we're going to take accountability. We thank you, Jesus, as we look forward to moments this week that we're gonna see you face to face until we see each other again next week. We say thank you and amen.